Welcome to the High Performance Fatherhood Podcast, a podcast focused on helping dads move from fear-driven responsibility to high-performance fatherhood. I am your host, Troy Williams. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the High Performance Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Woods. Super excited um, about this episode today. Um, I've been trying to get this young man on this show uh, for a little while now. And, and the funny thing is, and you'll probably hear this in our conversation, we talk all the time as friends, but we're also fathers. And I wanted to get him on the show, so we had to get our schedules to kind of match up so we were able to do it. I know this is kind of a weird time um, to really uh, do this show, but we got to get it in. So the, the young man or gentleman I'm bringing on, he's a dear friend of mine. He's a father. Um, he's a husband. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's somebody that I greatly respect. Um, you know, when you're in this journey, uh, you you have a select few people that you talk to, and that's fatherhood and that's business as well. There's a select few people that you talk to. Um, he's one of those gentlemen. We bounce a lot of things off of each other, but today I wanted him on the podcast because he has a lot of insight um, into fatherhood. And I believe in definitely having uh, people around you who you can learn from. So uh, without further ado, I want to uh, bring on the podcast and welcome my man, Dexter L. Scott. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Troy, what's up, man? Listen, thank you so much for having me on your on your show, man. It, it means a lot. It means a great deal. And uh, like you said, man, we we you know we chat a lot, and right. we can get a lot of insight from each other. So I I really appreciate it, man. I De- really do. Definitely, man. I mean, you know, we we sit back and we talk as um, we talk as friends. We talk as men, uh, almost as brothers. Um, but the, the biggest commonality I think we have is is being fathers, man. And 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 like I tell people all the time, you know, this this journey through fatherhood, it's um, we hear this, but I don't think you have to be in it to see it. You, it doesn't mm-hmm. come with an instruction manual. Right. It just right. It, right. it just doesn't. You have to figure this out as you go. And I think it, it includes having people in your circle, man. So. Um, I'm going to be mindful of your time. I know we got, we both have a lot of different things going on. Um, but I want to jump right into this man, because, um, you're a couple years older than me. I don't even think it's quite two years. Um, and you, we all have experiences, but they're all different, man. And I want to find out how has fatherhood, we're going to start off, we're going to go right in. How has fatherhood really motivated you in life? We'll start there and then we'll kind of walk it back a little bit um, to the early stages. But man, tell tell me and tell our, our audience, like how has fatherhood really just motivated you, brother? Wow. So, so good question, man. We could, we could talk all day about that one. But um, man, you know, I have to just, to answer that question, I have to think about my father. Okay extremely present and my dad was a provider. So as I look at my wife and look at my family, mm-hmm. the word provision is always in my head because it's it's like, man, you know, what are, what else can you do to be a, a better provider? One of the great examples of that, and, I, and I've shared this in uh, some of my previous Facebook posts, is right outside, I've got a 1997 white pickup truck, Nissan. Mm-hmm. My dad, I grew up, my dad had a blue 
Nissan. As we got older, he would buy a Nissan for each. He bought it for my brother, Greg. He brought it for me. He brought it for my brother-in-law, uh, Matthew. So it's, it's like he always made those provisions for the men in the family simply because the men were responsible for taking care of the things that the family needed. So when I look at just being a father, that always comes to my mind and I'm always thinking of ways uh, how I can be a better father. And if I can take a little sidebar here Mm -hmm. today, I want to acknowledge uh, our daughter, our youngest daughter, Morgan. She is 16 today. Sweet 16. Today? Today. (laughs) The OG in the game, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Man. We're so proud of her. But she's our our youngest daughter, and she turned 16. So we're going to do some special things for her today uh, that she doesn't know about. But wanted to do that special shout out for her. That's what's up, man. I mean, it's, um, I think, and one of the things that's cool is, um, both have at least one girl, one boy, so we we get the different dimensions of it. But I want to kind of go back, <clears throat> excuse me, to what you mentioned about your dad. Um, would would you? It sounds like your dad from from the conversations that we had, and even just just now, it sounds like your dad was really like the cornerstone um, to shaping who you mm-hmm. and your brother are. Um, yeah, can you can you speak to that? Like. What are some of the things like that he helped to instill in you as you were growing up, you know, as, as, as a boy to a young man and even to an adult? Yeah. So what, what was amazing is thinking about my father. He, you know, he's from the older generation. He, he passed on several years ago. But one of the things that he used to do is when I, when I you know, became a, a younger adult and started working, he would always say, so, son, how, how's your job? How's the job going? I would say, going fine. He was like, so do you see any? Uh, opportunities for advancement. And mm-hmm. I would say, well, yeah, yeah, I can. He said, so what are you going to do? So I, and we would have this dialogue. And then once advancement came, he would say, cause he's from the generation of you work harder, you will get promoted. So okay. he would always say, so you, you got promoted because you, and I would say, cause I worked harder. He was like, absolutely. He was one of those, one of those parents. And this is one thing I do for my son, Tyler, now, okay. new generation. But my father would come home and he did not want to walk in the door and see Greg and I sitting down chilling, watching television. It, it would drive him crazy. So he would always have us doing something. At, you know, it would, whether it was outside cutting grass or outside doing this, that, and the third, he always had us doing something. So that helped shape me to the point of, you just can't have too much leisure time. You've got to be doing something uh, that's productive. So I'm, I'm, you know, teaching my son Tyler that now he's in the ninth grade. So I'm trying to work with him to be doing some things outside mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, the whole normal playing video games, all that kind of stuff. What our what our kids do. I'm working with that now, but he helped shape my mentality of you know you've got to be doing uh, something productive. Don't don't too much leisure is a problem. Idle time. Yeah. Idle time. Yeah. Man, that's that's interesting because Tyler is how old? Tyler is 14. Okay, so Clark is 12. So see, that's why it's like I like to ask these questions because I'm like, man, yeah. this is you see things and and and, and you know, 
I know we used to probably say when we were growing up too, you know, things are different. Our parents would say things are different than when we were growing up. You know, we had to, well, y'all didn't walk through snow to get nowhere. But you used to yeah, always, right. used to always hear those types of things, man. But one, I'm interested in knowing like what, was there a point, man, and we're going to probably come back to what you just said, but was there a point where fatherhood actually scared you? Was there a, was there a point, you know, because a lot of times I think we're excited when we find out if, if you're, again, if you're in the right situation, you're excited when you find out. But were you, was there ever a point of fear? Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on who you were, as, who you were as a man, and what you knew that level of responsibility was, from watching your father, did you ever feel like I need to live up to a certain standard? Yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't look at it as living up to a certain standard, but I always looked at it as the example okay. that he set. Now, okay. for for fear, absolutely. Okay, man. You know, and that's one of the things about being a father is that we have to set our egos aside Mm -hmm. and we've got to understand it is not about us. So when we, Tanya and I started having our children, it's almost like you're looking at this little human Mm -hmm. and you're saying, I'm responsible for this human now. Right. So, and there's a lot I don't know. And all, you know, all of the things that can happen in a day's time, you know, and then we have to look at ourselves at at that time. I'm like, ma'am, you know, I got to go to work today and the phone rings and it's go get Morgan because she's sick at school or blah, 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 blah. All these things are running in your mind. You got to go pick your kids up. You're home. You're having to care for them. You know, and at the time we had two, uh, two children. So it's almost like, wow, I got to care for uh, Talia. I got to care for Kiara. And all these things are just going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, you know, am I getting this thing right? Am I learning on the job training, as they say? Right. And I, I think that's just the whole deal. You know, it's just like, wow, I don't know everything, but I got to give myself uh, a pat on the back for at least trying to get this thing right. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I, I, um, you know, we tell people where we stress it, <clears throat> excuse me, 300 fathers that we're the home of high performance fatherhood, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that men, you know, um, we, we get to a level, there's always a competitive nature in us, right? Like we always, like you see, you'll see your man with his kids and he'll be doing a good job. And, it, you know, it makes it like, man, I, I need to make sure that I'm on top of my game with everything that I'm doing. But right. I, I think as men, which is why we started the accountability group, I think as men, as we get older, we always have that competitive nature inside of us, mm-hmm. but we don't always know how to tap into it for things outside of sport. Right. Um, right. You know, a lot of men will always go back to, um, you know, when I was in college and when I was in high school, when I played football, we always go back to those days and we never make that transition. I don't think into being, when I say competitive as men, I don't mean in, in a uh, combative way. I mean, mm-hmm. to the point where we're, we're like a team, like we're checking in on each other. We, we understand because life's not a game. But right. your approach to it has to be methodical. It has to be planned out. Um, we get to the point where we stop taking care of ourselves. You know what I mean? And we, we just we lose ourselves in um, the realm of just being, you know, providers, taking care of our family, being in, being a taxi service. 
a lot of us, our health starts to decline and different things like that. So when I look back and and I, I look at the men that we're trying to impact, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, don't get into this thinking it's just something that you can just do on a weekend. You know, um, everybody's situation is different, man. And I try to be sensitive when I'm talking about it. But at the same time, I think, you know, we had to address it. Like everybody's situation is different. But I see so many men getting into, let's just call it what it is. So many men bringing children on the scene and not fulfilling their part. Right. Right. And it's not always a set monetary value, a set amount of time you can spend or whatever. But it's just like. We got to get to the point where we understand the impact of bringing children into the world. And right. if we don't do what we do or what we need to do, how that's going to impact them and even the next generation. And I think we're starting to see a lot of that play out now. Yeah. You know, from if you think back to when we were uh, in high school and there were a lot of young parents that were coming on the scene and we're seeing we're seeing that kind of roll out now. And especially with the last couple of years we've been through, man, you know, it's just been kind of tough. So <clears throat> I, I know that you're somebody that um, you're all about family, you know, and that's, I mean, family is, I, I would venture to say family is everything for you just from oh, yeah. my observation. Yeah. Um, What have you seen and not necessarily in your home, but from when we were growing up and from how we were raised, and I understand we got different geographical locations from for you and I. Have you seen the difference in the kids as far as respect level and different things like that based on when we were growing up to now? And how are you helping Tyler, all your children, like manage that? Like right. seeing where we are, but knowing where we came from. You know what right. I'm saying? How 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 are you managing that, man? Because I'm going like Clark's Clark and Logan are very respectful, but I see the environments around them, and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, it feel, I feel like we have to stay on top yeah. of it more. So how how are you dealing with that, man? Wow, that's deep. Um, I'm a country boy, so I grew up in a town called Enfield, North Carolina. So when I went to college uh, in Elizabeth City State University, I started, you know, becoming a man. Then I immediately moved to Raleigh. Now, when I got to Raleigh, North Carolina, it was a shock for me because I saw all kinds of uh, kids my age or younger. Right. And they were acting in certain ways. And I'm like, man, what what is that? You know, what, what kind of do what I say? What kind of home experiences have you had mm-hmm. to be acting that way? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because this was about three weeks ago. I was standing like here. Here's my brother and my brother-in-law, and we're in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And Tyler comes <laughs> from another room. He walks in between my brother and brother-in-law and starts asking me a question. So I immediately stopped, and I said, son, back up. And I said, go around. And I said, first of all, we were in a conversation. Mm-hmm. All right? So, And I said, number two, you never break the barrier of conversation. You have to always be respectful. So those are those kinds of things that I'm I'm dealing with him on. My, I'm in my office. My wife and I we're in here talking. Sometimes so he'll bust into the office and <laughs> mm-hmm. hey dad, hey dad, and I'm like whoa 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 whoa. 
So it's those kinds of things that I'm having to get him to think about. And I'm just like, wow, you know, this is interesting. And not only trying to rear him, but I I monitor his friends very closely. I am big on that. And my wife and I, we will we will say, okay, I like him. I like them. He has a he has a core set of friends that we like. They're all tremendously respectful. Their parents are respectful. So, you know, it's just those kinds of things that we're looking at. But it is a it is an ongoing process. And that's what had to ha- that's what happened to me growing up also. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's man, it, I think you and I are the same in that. And honestly, man, it's um, I don't know if you thought about this. I know our kids like YouTube. You know, and um, yeah. Logan doesn't really do the video games too much. Clark does the video games, but I I started looking at attention spans, right? Like, mm-hmm. man, what's going on? You know, with with, and I started realizing, you you know, we do content, and both of us, you and I, do content, and we know, okay, when you post something, you have to do five to eight minutes or less, or you lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose the attention of your audience, right? Yeah. And I started realizing, I said, you're watching these videos. You know, back for us, it was going to the movies, reading, you know, long mm-hmm. hour and a half, two hour movies, you sit there and you in it. But nowadays, kids are from one video to the next. Right. And their minds, I started noticing, I said, oh, I get it. Your attention span is after five, after five minutes, we started watching it. After five or so minutes, you start getting restless. Like, what's next? Right. Right. And so it plays out to the point where it feels like kids always, they always got to be doing something. They always like, it's like, just sit, hold on for a second. Just sit down. You're not bored. You don't always have to be attached to a device. Just, just hold on for a second. So hearing you say that is interesting because I feel like the respect level um, and, and I'm always, even for people that are, are watching this um, live stream or that will hear the podcast later, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're always equal opportunity society. I get it. But I will always, I don't give the girls a pass, but I'm going to always start things just so you kind of have a point of context or a point of reference. I'll always right. start things with, with the young men, with, with, our, with our boys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because especially in our community, we see so many things going sideways and we were wondering like, what's really going on? And I've always traced it back to, you know, dad, dad wasn't there. And this goes back to, and I want to get your opinion on this. When I was saying, you know, so many men are, um, starting families, but not sticking to the family. And they might have two or three families, you know what I mean? And then these kids are out here trying to navigate life themselves and we're seeing it in society, man. And that's that's the point that's really getting me. So as Tyler getting older, man, like what are you like help me out? What are you um what are some of the things that you have projected for him as far as um okay, this is where we are, he's fourteen, he's gonna be sixteen soon. Are you out that far with him yet mentally in your mind? Like mm-hmm. I know we're gonna have to navigate this road, so I'm doing X, Y, and Z because right. that's where I'm trying to connect all the dots. Really, both of our kids, 
Yeah. Um, are you there yet or, or are you kind of taking it as it comes? Yeah, I'm taking it as it comes uh, to a certain extent. And I'll tell you, I just looked up uh, the word dopamine popped in my mind. That's what it is. Yeah. Those sensations from one thing to the next. And the average attention span of the average adult, I think, has gone down from 12 seconds to eight seconds. So really imagine what's going on with our kids. Yeah. So it's wow. it's, it's crazy. Um, but interesting question. Tanya and I, we because he's our only young man. He's our only boy. Right. Right. And we look at society and we have been talking to him for years, just kind of dropping some hints. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, we had a conversation. Uh, it was a week before Christmas. And he, he and Morgan, we talked to them. And I said, listen, son, I need you. Now, we're talking about his marriage now. I said, I need you to vet Mm. the young lady that you fall in love with. I I need you to not only vet her, but vet her parents, Mm. her family. Because when you grow up and when you find that young lady, when you get married, then you're going to have to start now spending time with her family, spending time with our family. We were talking about the dynamics of when you get married, how during the holidays, mm. now time has to be split up between the families. Right. So that's what we were talking to him about. And Tanya has always expressed, we need to make sure that the young lady he picks is one that will care for his heart. He's a lot like I am and that we're extremely attentive men. Mm-hmm. So, and we've picked that up with him. So as far as navigating like him as an individual and his pursuits, mm-hmm. we've, we might drop a nugget or two, but we are more so looking at him from a holistic standpoint to say, okay, you need to make sure that you're getting to the age where you're starting to look at young ladies and all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you make wise decisions as it relates to that. So yeah, that's how, that's how far we've gotten. I mean, it is, it is a mountain to climb. It is, man. I just, I just wish that, um, you know, man, I, I feel like sometimes we're in this space where um, our moral compass is shifting as it relates to letting outside influences dictate how we raise our kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents aren't being attentive enough in letting outside influences raise their kids. And um, I don't know, man, it's, it's just interesting because it's like if you have kids – you know, it's like, okay, how do I make time to help other kids even outside, like to be an example? And I always say it starts at the home and then it's going to go out into the community, society, the world, the, the whole nine, man. But it's, this is, this is for any dad that's listening. This is, these are kind of some of the things that, um, that we talk about. I mean, because it's like, you don't know, especially if, if this is your first child or, you know, you, if this is your first child, you don't know, you know, you, you, you really, and you out here and you winging it and you're not really talking to guys because, you know, men typically, we don't, we don't share. Yep. We, we, yep. we really don't share. It's like, I got it. We're, we're kind of, I, I would say the previous, I think our generation, honestly, um, we're really more attentive to that, to the point, mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that. Um, with you and Tanya a little bit, but we're really more attentive into our headspace and some of the things that we're um, trying to understand and learn and grow and different things like that. But yeah, it's like, no, nah, I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And I'm not talking about that. I'm just gonna make, it. and then you end up 
all this pressure, all this stress, and then you check out, right? And then your family's left with, you, you know, uh, whatever, man. So, yeah, it, it was. I said, man, I, I gotta talk to Dexter because, um, you know, man, you know, we go back and forth, but to have this conversation on fatherhood, man, and and to and and to to capture it because I believe in documenting. Because somewhere this is going to help somebody. And this is our part of our process into getting information into the community. So one thing I usually ask, and I'm going to ask you this, for the man that's a new dad, mm-hmm. he just found out that him and his lady are expecting. He doesn't know what to do. Never been through this before. Maybe didn't have a good blueprint mm-hmm. to follow. What advice would you give um, that new father? He needs to find other men and he needs to ask for their opinions. I, I, I truly believe that because like you said, men, we, we get in our own headspace. We don't like to ask for help at all. At all. It is the craziest thing, but <laughs> hey, I get it. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would do. I would recommend that a young father, Mm-hmm. seeks the advice of other men that he respects and other men that he finds can give him valuable information and just ask the questions. He's going to get a wealth of knowledge. But the thing is, we've got to, he's got to ask, right? You have not. Cause you ask That's not, right. he had, he must ask. There were two men in my life growing up besides my father. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I didn't go to my father. When I started having some challenges in fatherhood, I didn't go to dad. But I had my uncle there who we were talking one day and he just not about my, my, my issues and situations, but we were talking and he gave me advice. And I was like, man, I think about that to this day. And another uh, friend of mine, he's a mentor. Okay. He would, I would literally, he's the one person that I would go to, to talk to. Mm-hmm. And he would give me world-class advice and what he talked about and what my uncle talked about, they merged. Okay. And that helped me a great deal. But I am so glad that my uncle gave me the advice instead of waiting for me to ask. Said, And that's big. I think they, a young dad needs to ask. Please ask. Don't be an island. Don't be that. That's don't be. I'm writing that down. Don't be an <laughs> island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I kind of alluded to it, man, um, as we wrap up. I kind of alluded to it a, a few moments ago. Um, but I know that you and Tanya are endeavoring, not endeavoring, but you're already in the space. You're already working. I want you to take some time because I, I think what you guys do impacts across the board. It's not just one particular group of people. Um, but Talk to people. What is the upgraders, man? Like, what is it that just just tell people, tell people about the upgraders, man? Yeah. You know, one of the things, uh, Troy, that Tanya and I, I wouldn't say struggled with, but we're still navigating. You know, they always say, who is your 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 um, avatar, Mm -hmm. so to speak? So we specialize in the soft skills. Like if somebody wants to go to like you, if they want to go to the Clark Bailey, they're going to get professional media services. That's mm-hmm. what you provide. If they want to go to an accountant, they're going to get tax information. If they want to go to a hairstylist, they're going to get, you know, all, all, all these kinds of things. 
when you go to the upgraders, so now we're getting to the soft skills, the things that people, they don't necessarily know that they need. Right. But when they got it, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I got it. Well, what we, the upgraders, we're a personal development company. And one of our taglines is we may not know you, but we know what's in you. Right. So what is that? Upgrading your fatherhood, upgrading your being a better parent, upgrading your mindset, which is probably, I would say, 75 percent of our business is helping people develop the mindset mm-hmm. uh, for success. And when we say we may not know you, we know what's in you. That comes from years of studying and applying and testing and continue to study and apply and test those things that we're learning so that when we talk to our audience, whether it be one-on-one or whether it talk to, we, we talk to groups, we tell them different things that they can do to upgrade their mindset. So you know how us as parents, we get off in life and we start bringing our kids up through school right. and we're trying to figure out once they get up to a certain age group, we're like, man, well, what about me? You know, I didn't live my dreams. I didn't do the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, what we do is we help to carve out what that individual, what it is that they want so that they can live the life of their dreams. That, that's the upgraders in a nutshell. That's what's up, man. I mean, you guys definitely have. Um, it's it's well needed, man, because we run through life and we don't make those adjustments that we need to make. And I think a lot of us get derailed because we're not making those adjustments and everybody needs a coach. And the thing is, I used to hear that all the time, but then when you dig deeper, you realize everybody needs a coach and you need different coaches for different areas of your life. And I think that you guys, what you guys are doing is definitely going to help people, um, you need a, you need a mindset coach. I mean, you really you really do. Most people, everything is controlled by what we think, man. So tell people how they can find you. I know we got some some graphics up, but uh, where can people find you? Is the best places, platforms, etc. Yeah, I mean we're we're very heavy on social media, so you can always uh, find me at Dexter L Scott. That's middle initial L. My wife Tanya Joiner hyphen Scott. Uh, well, she's a doctor now. She so just got a do- honorary Dr. doctor. Scott. So doctor. Dr. Tanya Joyner Scott, and we have Upgraders uh, channel on uh, YouTube, so you can go to youtube.com forward slash the Upgraders. I mean, we've got all, you know, all kinds of social media handles, but gotcha. you know, we got a podcast show, Upgrade Your Life. It's on Apple, Shopify, and Google. So we're, we're all over the place. Just Google Dexter and Tanya Scott, you'll find us. Cool, yeah. man. Look, bro, um, you know I appreciate you. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, we talk all the time, but definitely these conversations here, and I, I wanted... We could have had this conversation on the phone, um, but I, I wanted to record it um, so I could have it. And also, so it's something that we could share um, because, you know, you never stop being a dad. I think I think mentally a lot of men think that once the child turns 18, you're like, mm-hmm. you're good. And my kids aren't 18 yet, mm-hmm. but I know even from personal experience, you just – shift into another gear of fatherhood. I mean, it's a little, yeah. it looks a little bit right. different. So I want to appreciate you, man, for, um, for coming on the show and, and, yeah, and sharing with everybody, man. And we look forward to doing this again. I, I want to, one of the things I want to do when I come down there is hopefully do a panel discussion. I think that would be pretty cool to kind of get some different oh, yeah. insights. So appreciate you oh, being yeah. on the show, bro. Absolutely. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate right. it. Here we go. Say how you feeling right now. Say how you say it.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance Fatherhood Podcast. For questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at podcast at 300fathers.com.